Hey you, welcome to Tea Talk, a space to share the therapy tea. I'm Shailene, your host, and I hope you'll join me each week as we sit down to share tips, stories, and conversations on getting better emotionally, recovering from trauma, and improving your overall quality of life. I want to remind everyone that even though podcasts can feel therapeutic, they are definitely not a replacement for therapy. Please, at any point, if you feel the need to take a break because the content is too heavy, please do that and take care of yourself. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor and leave me a review, share your reflections with me on Instagram and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. All right. So I'm ready. You're ready. And we're friends now. So go ahead and sit down, cozy up, and let's get ready for today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Rebel Mente and the Embodied Healing Training. It's a 15-hour training for yoga teachers, helping professionals, educators, and really anybody that wants to have a positive influence on somebody they know, or maybe even themselves if they've endured some sort of trauma. When I was a new yoga teacher, I thought that I was set in being able to help utilize yoga with my trauma clients because I was already a trained mental health professional at that point. And so finishing yoga teacher training, I thought, okay, I can just put these things together and that'll be fine. Turns out that that wasn't true and I had to fill in a lot of gaps and I took a deep dive into training to help get to where I am today. On the other side, in my clinical work, I knew that there were many clients of mine who would say things like, well, I logically get why I shouldn't feel this way anymore, but I still feel this way in my body. And so it just seemed like there was a branch missing to connect mind and body and they needed more somatic resources. So all of that has brought me to now. I created the embodied healing training to help other professionals with these same kind of problems. And the training is held in person, March 10th through the 12th. It's 15 hours long and it'll be at the DBT of South Jersey yoga studio. You can find all of the information and sign up on rebelmente.com under the yoga tab. Make sure to sign up as soon as you can, because there's only a small amount of spots available. Can't wait to see you there. Hey everyone, this morning, well, it's morning now, it's morning for us, and I feel like it's more morning for you, right? What time is it over there? Oh, over here it's 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, okay, not terrible, it's 10 o'clock here, but again, parenting a small child, I feel like it's 5.45. So anyway, (laughs) I am here having tea this morning with John Sanders, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's an expert in paid search and specializes in helping mental health professionals with their marketing He has a bachelor's in business administration and a master's in business administration. John's married to Dr. Laura Sanders, an assessment psychologist. They're proud parents of two excellent kids and two insane dogs. I can relate. (laughs) They live in northern Colorado. John loves spending time with his wife and his kids, playing role-playing games when he has time. He's a reader (laughs) of sci-fi and fantasy and loves watching movies and streaming all the latest shows. I have to know, what are you watching lately? Because I'm like very into several shows right now. What, What are you watching? Let's see. I just finished, and I mean, it's it's very much off the sci-fi track, but uh, Slow Horses on Apple, which okay. is a slow British crime-like spy drama. And I also love those, strangely, like John le Carre novels. And okay. any, 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 anything along those lines is also something I, I, I really like those. So I just watched on Apple TV Severance. Did you watch that? I made it halfway through Severance, and I want to pick... That's one I've been meaning to pick back up, actually. It felt 
slow to pick up. By the end of it, I was like screaming in my chair. I was like, oh my God. And then it ended. And I was like, damn it. I have to wait like a whole year or however long to find out what happens next. But there's definitely been some good stuff on TV lately. Although separate from that, I watched um, White Lotus. Did you watch White Lotus? (laughs) Not not the sci-fi genre. Totally out there. (laughs) No, I cannot take the... The awkward dialogue that they had. Oh, John, I'm telling you, it's so good. It's terrible, but it's so good. I'm just saying, in your free time, you might want to watch it. <sighs> my wife, my wife did. Uh, I, I'm still trying to like catch up. Like I, I went to a, a convention. It was actually for work, but there was uh, there was a huge like sci-fi comic con there, and like I ran into like actors in the lobby. They're like. Man, have you watched season three of my show? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh. you gotta, you gotta go back and do that. Oh, okay. Wait, when we were in Chicago, there was something like that going on. Oh, that's you right. Remember? That's right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was the fan fest. That's right. You were. You were at that convention. That's right. Somebody was. Um, I mean, I don't watch any of these movies. Like, it's just not my. But like, my husband was like. Oh, there were like some Lord of the Rings actors in the elevator with me, yep. and then another show. I forget. Sons of Anarchy, maybe like that is actually the one. It was it was one of the actors from Mayans, which is after Sons of Anarchy, and I I ended up talking to one of the actors for about, and he was like, "Have you watched season three? And I was like, "No," because sorry, it, it looks <laughs> it looks really dark, man, like really really dark. He's like, "You gotta watch it." Okay, okay, I'll go back and watch that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so John and I met in Facebook lands sometime years ago, and he was trying to help me with my hot mess Facebook situation that remains a hot mess, and that just will stay there. And then we ran into each other at the Group Practice Owners Summit in Chicago. That's right. And then I was getting a lot of call-outs in this big forum for the podcast by Ramon... Ramon Ray, yeah, he was um, talking my podcast up, which was awesome. And then I think I ran into you in the elevator there, and we started talking about you coming on. That's right. That's right. How would you describe your business to the non-tech, has no idea about like paid marketing online? Like, How would you describe your business and what you do in a sentence or two? That I run Google ads for mental health professionals. That's really the easiest way to put it. Perfect. So he helps these businesses and practices get seen. He was going to help me with my Facebook ads because they're a hot mess and they still are a hot mess. Did I tell you, this is like kind of an aside, but um, did I tell you that I contacted, I have a friend whose sister works for Facebook. She's a lawyer for them. And I was like, hey, while you're in there, can you figure out why I'm in Facebook purgatory because I put an ad up in 2018 and got completely like banned from Facebook because I said we do counseling and addictions, which we do. And she basically went, did some research and was like, yeah, you're still, you're just there in jail. Like you can't, like, I can't get out of it. Yes. Uh, you can end up in Facebook jail. Like my own account ended up in Facebook jail for about a year because we got hacked. Like we literally just had to start over on our, on our Facebook ads. And I know a number of other people who have had Similar experiences with with Facebook and because I I actually just hired somebody who has done a lot of social media and they say just that there's no one working at the Facebook support group. You just can't do anything. Yeah, I just imagine like a black hole of like email and I'm like, but it's Facebook. Like I thought I just didn't think this would happen. This is not like some new startup where I'm back there trying to run the show. I'm like Zuckerberg, let me out. 
It's been well, five and they years. just had a huge <laughs> round of layoffs too, so that probably that probably doesn't help. Yes. So I'll right. be in for ten. I'm in for ten years probably. So anyway, so we were we were we've chatted on Facebook, and then we met in person at a group practice owners conference um, in the summer of last year in Chicago. And um, yeah, we ran into each other in the elevator and John was so gracious to put himself out there and say, let me tell you about a really dark time in my life. And I can share that on your podcast. And I was like, damn, (laughs) thank you so much. So he's here to tell us a little bit about his story. Right. So, you know, I started RevKey in 2018 and start getting clients and start, you know, and, and things are going well. 2019, we decide we're going to move to Northern Colorado, start building a house, which unfortunately- Where were you moving from, by the way? Uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. Oh, okay. So it's a big move. Yeah. So it was, yeah, 13 hours. The house was completed in May of 2020. So right as COVID was starting. So we got to move during COVID. And, you know, it's not like we could really go out and do anything or meet new people because of COVID. So it's kind of a lonely, it's kind of a lonely time, you know, especially like right after moving, which is, you know, as, as you know, is one of the most stressful events that you, that you can do, especially with a a move like that. And then my father dies in December of 2020 and I don't go to the funeral, which was in Arkansas. This is still a sore point uh, between my brother and I today. He doesn't really talk to me that much. And this is before vaccines. So, I mean, there was just no way that I was going to like, Trump, my family, you know, halfway across the country to 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 go to a funeral to to get COVID. Yeah, December that first December was like the right. the rebound effect time of COVID when everyone was like, "Are we going to see family for Christmas?" and don't have more than ten people right. over, like that kind of thing. And so, getting in a plane and going across the country, you have family. Yeah, that's a lot of right. things to consider. So, but still, telling myself I'm fine. Everything else is going good. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have problems. And and this kind of comes to a head in January 2021. I finished an interaction with a client that does not go great, and after it, just absolutely feel a panic attack coming on, which I hadn't really had these in about ten years. Um. Mm. So, and I know that this is going to continue. The last time I had panic attacks, there were like a number you know, within months of each other. So decide, you know, fortunately in my business, I know a lot of therapists. And so reached out to one of them and who, who connected me with somebody. And we did EMDR and therapy for about six months, you know, to help with stress and anxiety. And uh, I, I have that fun ADHD anxiety combo that is so, that is so common. So mm-hmm get to do that and and really try to to get in a better place and I can report 2 years later that things are going a lot better and I I think you know part of it was you know my business had grown to the point where I like I needed to start getting people Shailene you know you might be able to understand what <laughs> like what that looks like and and so like I started hiring you know people to 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 handle some accounts I hired you know last year I I I finally hired an admin which people have been telling me to do for two years. And I finally listened to them. So that takes some of the stress off of me. And then also just being able to, you know, have some tools and techniques and things to fall back on when times are rough. 
Yeah, for sure. Tell me a little bit about your history. You said about 10 years prior, you were getting panic attacks more regularly. Tell me about what was going on then? What were they like? And how did you get that 10 year break? I had a really bad and stressful job at the time with mm. uh, some in a kind of a toxic work environment and and in middle management, which I think is probably the worst job in the entire world is middle management because you've got mm. people above you telling you what your people below you should be doing. And that is, it's just, it's a really hard spot. And, and once again, the, the, the personalities were not super great for that. And so I probably had uh, three or four that I can remember off the top of my head. It was probably more than that, though. It was probably more like five or six. And leaving that job was definitely one of the better things that I ever did because I, I left that job to go work for a marketing agency um, where I got to specialize in Google Ads, which is how I ended up here. Uh, so it, it was definitely one of those situations where it was, uh, it was, that, it was that work environment that was, that was bringing it on. I'm glad that you said that because it just highlights that, number one, your workplace can be somewhere that really, really impacts your mental health and making the decision to leave is never, I don't think for many people, it's an easy decision because a lot of us go to work to make money and we rely on that money. And so making the decision to change or to leave, it's usually one like that decision in itself is pretty stressful, but I think it's so important to highlight when work environments are toxic in that way to just kind of remind people, hey, if you're feeling like absolute crap and you feel like you're dying um, and you hate your job, there might be a connection between the two. And it's something to think about and to consider. So you go and you open your business, which is always hard, and you moved. What made you guys decide to move so far? My wife's, uh, most of her family lives in Northern Colorado. A lot of them, they're originally from Pennsylvania, but they've all just kind of settled here. And, you know, it was the chance to have my kids be around their grandparents who were, who are great. Mm -hmm. Actually, my, my kids just went over to their grandparents and they live like eight minutes from us. So, oh, that's so nice. So, you know, we have, we have a lot of help. And then also, I mean, there's, there's also things like it's not 110 degrees in the summer. I'm still getting used mm -hmm. to the whole snow thing. Mm -hmm. it, that's gotten better. So, I mean, just like the weather is better. Quality of life things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Texas, that place has kind of gone head downhill a little bit since I left. So it be hard uh, over there. Yeah. 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 I think it's some strange things happen. Especially there. with mental health, social justice, political things that impact people's well-being. I think people are making decisions to move and improve their quality of life, quit their jobs, try something different, start up the business. So you're doing all of these things that are pushing you in the right direction. And you can say today that they, they were the right decisions. It just so happened. I bet you didn't pick to move and build a new house during COVID. I imagine that process started right before things fell apart. Yeah, I mean, we. I think we made that decision, you know, probably three or four months before we heard anything about COVID mm -hmm. at all. So uh, in like early fall 2019, that that was that was definitely a time where you know you're like trying to like disinfect everything that the movers have touched, yeah. and there's just like so many of like the normal things during a moving process that got to be twice as hard as they should have been because of because of COVID. 
This episode is brought to you by DBT of South Jersey and the Experience Wise Mind Workshop. So this is for all of my South Jersey local friends who are able to make it to the Experience Wise Mind Workshop happening in Voorhees, New Jersey, starting at the end of March on the 30th and running through April 20th. This is a really special series because it combines DBT and movement. There are so many people who struggle with the concept of finding their wisdom and trusting their intuition, particularly when you've lived through a lot of invalidation or you've lived through trauma. It becomes really, really hard to trust yourself, to know what it is that you want, to get out of your head and to be able to make decisions that you feel like are the right decisions for you. And even in teaching Wise Mind through DBT, there are a lot of people who just feel like they cannot relate to it. And so Alexandra Pancella is a therapist. She is trained in not only DBT, but prolonged exposure to heal PTSD and as a yoga teacher. And she's combining movement and the embodied practice of yoga with the Wise Mind teaching. This is super special and you won't be able to find it anywhere else. So make sure that you sign up on the DBT of South Jersey website under events and the yoga section. It's $100 for the entire series, which breaks down to only $25 a class. It's happening on Thursdays from five to six, and we hope to see you there. Yeah, so moving statistically is one of the toughest times in people's lives. It's one of the most stressful times in people's lives. Add the novelty of a pandemic in there, and I'm sure things got pretty difficult pretty quickly. Do you remember? I'm always thinking about, especially a panic attack, the first thing that comes to mind is like, I can't breathe, and the somatic bodied feeling of, feeling like you're suffocated and freaking out. If I were to describe a panic attack to someone, I'd be like, you think you're going to die. You you wonder if you're having a heart attack um, and you can't breathe. And so in those moments of high stress, you're, you know, when you're moving and COVID things are happening, do you remember any messages from your body coming up? Chest tightening, like headaches, anything? It was kind of that weird, odd, out-of-body experience where just like everything feels wrong. And I remember like getting up from my desk after this th- this interaction and like almost falling over. And mm. I think I ended up like going down to one knee and I was like, ah, uh, mm. crap. That sounds scary. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, if you, like, go back to, like, you know, speaking of TV shows like The Sopranos, where, like, Tony Soprano would, like, just totally, like, pass out and, like, you know, fall over. I was like, oh, man, I I, I almost had, you know, a, a more, to- you know, Tony Soprano uh, panic attack, yeah. and, which, and, and that was, you know, once again, that very much was, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to go through this again. I know too many mental health professionals for me to be doing this, mm-hmm. so... Let's let let let's use those resources and 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 go out and see what we can do about this. Yeah, and that the other thing that I'm just paying attention to in your story is like the compounded grief with fear. You said that you have ADHD, you have anxiety and just I'm just thinking of all of these things kind of like falling together in the perfect storm. Also that incident or whatever it was that had happened with your client and these just these things kind of all came together and bam out came body mind freak out how do you describe panic attacks to people who don't have that within their vocabulary especially given you're more of a tech person you're married to and and know a bunch of therapists but it w- it wasn't your first language how do you describe that to people and and i think that the primary symptom i get is like it's almost like it's on top of your skin 
Uh, and man, actually just talking about it, it's just like, I know, like, I feel it. You get like the numbness and, and, uh, it, it's almost like being sick, but which I feel like is a little more like internal when you've got like that body weakness, but it's like wearing it on your skin and, uh, just the entire world just does not seem right. Like it's just been, uh, it, it's just been shifted in such a way that just nothing really makes a lot of sense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the that's probably the best way I could put it, and I think that that's probably not doing it justice. I imagine everyone experiences them a little bit differently, but the main thing is like, holy shit, I need help right now. What's going on? Yeah. What's wrong? Um, it's something that's just like so driven by fear, but also I think that sense of disconnection that you're talking about, and when you have awareness that that's happening, that's re- I mean, it's terrifying. Yeah, and looking back on like some of those experiences and I think it's as you go through life, you go through these things, but as long as like you can grow from them, like that bad job that we had talked about, I came away with a lot of, you know, situations where I was like, I'm not sure what the right thing to do in this management situation is, but I know what my boss just did was really bad. Mm -hmm. And that's not how you're supposed to do things. And so like, I I carry a lot of those lessons with me today, like when dealing with employees or dealing with clients and and not making the mistakes that I, that I saw back then. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also just having once again, those, you know, those tools at my disposal, if I have, you know, a really, particularly stressful time, you know, being able to fall back on some of those things and, and, and kind of, and kind of right the ship before things go, go really, really wrong. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it was like to go through EMDR and how that helped you. Yeah. And uh, because I had heard about EMDR from like a lot of my clients and of course now, and I mean, looking at Google search volumes, I can see that it's a lot more popular after Prince Harry did that video. Mm. That's right. A while back, and and that that really increased the 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 amount of people uh, who were who were searching for EMDR, and so like I kind of approached it, it was like, hey, it'll be interesting to find out about this, but also I, I also need help with my problems too. So mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of odd because to the average person, and I remember first hearing about EMDR when I first got into this business, I was like, oh, that that sounds like BS, right? And my wife was like, no, no, there's a lot of studies behind this. And I was like, really? Like eye movements? Yeah, it sounds kind of woo-woo, um, like follow my finger. It really does. I, I At first I was extraordinarily skeptical, but she's like, no, it's for real. You need to go find out about this stuff. And so, you know, I, I did. This is before, you know, actually doing it. So by the time I got in there, like. I had actually like read some stuff on it and I had had enough talk to enough clients about it. And like, even like just doing like some research, like going on and like watching an EMDR session just to like see what it was about. So I could, you know, properly write that into ads. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew about it, you know, going in and, and, and by that point was like, yeah, this, this should really, this should really work. And, you know, typically when I talk to clients, who who do EMDR? I think that you know they say that you know it's on average like eight to you know eight to twelve sessions, something like something along Sounds those lines. Right. So I was already a believer when you know when when I walked through the virtual door because you know once again COVID mm-hmm. and we did this all all online and it, it was 
you know, I was like, is this going to work over video? And, and of course it's, it's fine. Cause it's just, it's just eye movements. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that, you know, everyone has that, that first impression of like outside of like, you know, the traditional talk theory, but it's like, can that, can that actually be effective over, over video? And, and I thought it, I very much thought it was. Mm-hmm. So you go in and you try, I love that you researched it. I mean, you, your job relies on having data to back up what you're doing, right? Like if your customers, right. if there were no results, you wouldn't have customers. So being able to say, right. here's how many clicks you had, like, your business is one that thrives on data. And so I would imagine the way that your mind is, is like, okay, if there's something to show that this is going to work, then I want to know about it. And I'm open to trying it. I love that you did that instead of, I think it would be really easy to write it off and be like, all right, I'm going to look at this light, or I'm going to look at your finger, or I'm going to tap on my opposite shoulders, or however it is that they're that they're doing it, because there's different ways that it can be done. You're able to go in there with an open mind and be willing to to really like trust the process. Are there any moments in going through it that were surprising to you, especially going in somewhat hesitant? Initially, I w- I'd read the research, like I said, talk to people, but like there's still like this skeptical part of you, like, is this gonna actually, this whole eye movement thing gonna work following a finger for 30 seconds? Mm-hmm. And so there's definitely like some hesitancy even having like read it because I mean, being honest, EMDR looks a little strange, like when you watch the videos, but I think that that, that, that quickly melted away just as like, I started to feel like the, the, the reduction in anxiety. Mm -hmm. So reduction in anxiety. And then you taught, you referenced a couple of times having tools to be able to use as resources to, I imagine, help keep anxiety lower, which keep the panic attacks probably at bay. Tell me a little bit about some of those practices that you found yourself using after going through therapy that have been able to help you. Probably just like really like falling back on like basic breathing exercises, Uh, like a square breathing Mm -hmm. is is something that I'll, I'll fall back on. And, you know, fortunately, two years later, I can report that things are going, you know, a lot better. Because I have those employees and I have these tools. And so, like, my mental health is definitely in a lot better place than, than it was, you know, back then. And, and I think that the therapy that I did and, you know, ultimately that, that, that one near panic attack was able to, like, you know, really kind of get me going in the right direction. Yeah, you I hear you and I I'm I'm always thinking from the therapist perspective, so I and I do DBT, so I, I'm always referencing, oh, this sounds like this skill, but I think about the skill of creating meaning and being able to look back at this experience that you had, you know, you're in this toxic work situation, you're making these decisions to move your family, improve your life and all of that comes to head, you lose your dad, you've got the I guess, like estrangement with your brother now um, due to that. And then this uh, bad client situation kind of like pushes everything over to a head. And you're able to get in front of it by noticing it, feeling it, and then saying, I don't want to go back there. I know what that feels like. And I'm going to use that to my advantage to be able to do something to make this better for myself. And not only are you feeling better because you're not as anxious and you're not having panic attacks, but... Also, you talk about how your business has done better because of these decisions as well. And you, in your notes, and when we were starting to talk about like what you would bring, what stories you would be talking about on the podcast, your words were how having a panic attack 
changed my life and my business. And I'm curious about that part, like how you're connecting, creating meaning out of, out of having panic attacks before into positive changes for your business. Like what comes to mind in that connection for you? Well, and especially in marketing, like there's uh, a kind of a certain point where like you have too many clients and I was getting to that point for sure and needed to bring on more help. And I think that it's probably, it's, it's very similar to a therapist who is trying to start a group practice, mm-hmm. uh, which is how I often equate this to, to my clients. It's, you know, you're transitioning from a solo practice to, to a group practice so you can actually like help more people. Mm-hmm. And so you're no longer having to see 30 or in some cases like 40 clients a week, like, which is just doesn't really feel sustainable for you guys yeah. in the long term. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've had some clients tell me that, that like they love doing that. And I just cannot imagine yeah. how that works Same. and that, that you could, that you could do that for year after year after year. So, I mean, I think one of the things that encouraged me to do is really to go out and, and to be able to say, okay, I'm going to have to pay somebody to help me with this. And so really, and I mean, it's really kind of transitioned me in that now. My job is really to coach my employees and like help them and, you know, look at an account with them and say, you might look at doing this, this or that, as opposed to working with 30 clients and trying to figure out like all of their issues and then also like run business stuff on top of that. Yeah, I'm hearing that this, this time in your life really forced you to you say, I gotta, I gotta spend money and pay employees to help me. And I think that's such a scary place as a business owner when you're like, how am I going to afford an employee? Cause you're the one who's doing everything on your own. I'm sure, you know, at this point you've talked about how your business is doing great. Not only has it helped you grow, but it's also saved your mental health. I think about when you were saying that I remember, um, had a client one time who had really terrible anxiety. Like you could kind of see it on her when she would come to sessions. She like her hands would shake. Like she just was like always seeming nervous. And I remember she would bring in um, coffee, but like big coffee. I'm talking like something you would bring to like a breakfast, like a big quart or half gallon or something of like coffee. And I was like, wow. you know, I think that that might be impacting your anxiety, right? <laughs> like it's, and, but I, I don't know that we always really think about those things. And it wasn't until someone else mentioned it to her, like, Hey, I'm a medical professional. I just want to let you know I'm really terrified that you're going to have like a health issue if you don't change it. And so she's changed it and her anxiety started to come down. But I say this because it's like you don't see those things when you're in it. So I'm thinking of you and I'm thinking of the therapist who's seeing 30, 40, 50 clients, which I've seen people talk about on Facebook. And right. you're just working and you're like, I don't know why I'm so anxious all of the time. And it's like, well, maybe because you are dealing with an amount that's like not sustainable and your nervous system is freaking the fuck out and telling you, Hey, like we can't manage all of this. You go ahead and do you, but we're going to freak out internally until you listen to me trying to tell you that something's going wrong. Like this is our body and our mind's response to that. And so I'm glad it pushed you in the right direction. Cause it sounds like the other direction would have been like ongoing panic attacks. The alarm would have kept going off until something changed. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, and caffeine use is 
definitely i i probably still have too much caffeine but it's not near as bad as it used to be like it's something i i've continually tried to cut back on uh it it does make me think that uh of like actually back when i was at that bad job like one of these guys who worked for me would just sit there and chug red bulls all day and i was like my heart (laughs) <laughs> You're gonna die. Yeah. Um, please stop doing that. Yeah. Like I oh, it's a nasty yeah. cycle though in those really toxic work environments because you know you gotta keep up with the pace. And so you're chugging coffee, you're chugging right. Red Bulls. And again, it just becomes hard to step back and realize, oh, maybe there's something that I can do here. Maybe it doesn't have to be this way anymore. Right. Okay. I'm curious one other thing. Was there I'm thinking about how things are with your brother and your family since not being able to go to your father's funeral. And is that a source for anxiety? Like, how do you cope with that? Because that's a topic that comes up a lot, not only on the podcast, but in mental health and therapy in general, it's just like family estrangement. And I'm wondering how that impacts anxiety for you in the day to day. Yeah, it's something that I think about. And I don't know, I think that that time is gonna have to heal at least some of those those wounds so you know it's something that you know i try to reach out to him occasionally and i I think that that's something that that will get better and it is something that that i really i really don't like i don't i regret my decision sure in december 2020 there's just there was no way um you know my, my my primary job in the entire world is to to make sure my family is safe and Get, getting anyone COVID was not, you know, my idea of a, a, a good time, especially back then. Once yeah. again, this is before vaccines. This is before, you know, we had a lot of, of these things that we have now in 2023 that 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 make things all, a lot easier when when you when you get COVID. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that is that that is an occasional source of source of stress for me that that I would like to zero that one out at some point. Yeah, yeah. Are you still going to therapy? <laughs> uh we actually started doing therapy my son likes to spend a lot of time on his tablet so i've recently found somebody who can help with like kind of that tech addiction side and so like we've just started like talking to them and you know it's also because it's you know a lot of it is child therapy you know a lot of it starts with the parenting mm-hmm. and like what we're supposed to be doing and then it's also about John, do you spend a lot of time on your computer? And I'm like, yes, because I play video games and I have a job that's always on the computer. When you said that, I was like, oh, how hard. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, there's been some recognition of of that. I've, like, started working out again as well. And, like, so I'm trying to be cognizant of, like, trying to step away from the the computer a little more than than I have in the past because I need to be able to to model that behavior for for my son and my daughter. Oh, man, I, we could have like a whole other episode in talking about that just addiction to tech. And you know, what's interesting is when you say it, and I think about my own relationship with my phone, that gives me a ton of anxiety, because I feel like when I'm in the place of even just yesterday, yesterday, my kid was sick, and that always just throws everything off. And so I, I'm kind right. of walking around like high strung anyway. But then I just keep checking my phone and nothing's happening. And I keep checking it and I'm just like, Jesus, like, stop doing this. And so I imagine without having done much research into like the specifics of phone addiction, I imagine there's a bunch of reinforced anxiety that just kind of sticks around by getting lost in in tech things. Yeah, I I think so. And I so I think that there's definitely like trying to take trying to take breaks 
Um, and I mean, I know I'm, I'm at least probably, you know, some of a, a, some of a source of that. A lot of it also, you know, going back to, to COVID, you know, when there was, you know, that was kind of a coping mechanism or like when we were doing that whole online school thing, which that was Uh, absolutely, that was the worst thing in the entire world. As you're saying all these things, I'm realizing I've blocked a lot of this out already. It's only 2023 and I'm like, oh yeah, that December was terrible. Oh yeah. People had to go to virtual school. Oh, that's right. We couldn't see any family members at Christmas time. Like, ugh. Yeah. And I agree. I think uh, during that time, Facebook things, being glued to the news, um, playing game, like doing whatever we could to distract and get out. It was what we needed to get by. And it's kind of like the same thing of what you said. You're looking back and just kind of reevaluating. Okay, these behaviors are here now and they're stuck and I don't know that they're helping me. So let's take a look at them, see what fits and and what doesn't in order to move forward. Right. Absolutely. So so yeah, that's that that's the current therapy experience is 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 trying to trying to find our way out of some of the some of the tech addiction issues, which I know plague so many people's kids who talking to other parents who have kids my age. It just it seems like everyone has has got at at, at least a touch of it yeah. um, that that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well we are at the end of our tea time together. John, why don't you tell group practice owners or potential business prospects where they might be able to find you? Sure. You can go to my website, which is just revkey.com. That's R-E-V-K-E-Y.com. And, you know, take a look at what we've got to, to offer and you can fill out a contact form and, you know, we can meet and look at your website. It's been really nice to be on a podcast where I'm not talking about Google quality scores <laughs> or, you know, how, you know, how you put together ad text or something along those Ranking lines. So and SEO and all of those things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being on. And I was just thinking if you don't have, um, you probably do have a tagline for your business, but it could be something like, if Google ads gives you panic attacks, you can see RevKey. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe or, you know, currently I have, you know, counting revenue, not clicks, but maybe I should change it to something know. about you don't get panic attacks from Google ads. Yeah, because so. it is terrifying. I can say for myself, that's why I hire somebody to do it. So yes, if you are absolutely. in need of services, find um, John and his team. They do excellent work. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. And to everybody else, I will see you next week. Take good care. Thanks, Shailene. All right. That's today's episode, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Tea Talk. I hope that your cup of tea is full today and that you were able to pull something out of this for yourself. If you know someone that needs to hear this episode, please send it their way. And let me know what you're thinking by sending me a message on Instagram. I love hearing from you all. And make sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave me a review and a rating. It would mean so much. All right, friends, take good care and I will see you next time.